T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! Hit and run Sundays from 9 a.m. till noon. Judge hits a high fly ball into deep left field. This ball is all the way back and gone. Swarmer's ready. Here comes the payoff pitch to Rizzo. He swings, hits one in the air. Deep right field. The high archer that is long gone. Anthony Rizzo's first hit against the Cubs since the trade. A home run to right. Yankees up six to nothing. Here in the fifth inning. We really should slap a 20 on someone for that extra work. Here's a bouncer to short one hop. Kiner Falefa throws to first. Dug out by Rizzo. Ball game is over. And the Yankees have beaten the Cubs by a score of eight to nothing. Not that deep. Into left, and AJ can't make the catch. One run home. Throw to the plate. Time. Two more for Texas. That's an 11 spot for the Rangers. Abreu in the air, short center field. Garcia makes the catch, and the Rangers have won in extra innings by the score of 11 to 9. Hit and run Sundays from 9 a.m. till noon. Welcome, everybody. It is Sunday. We got a full slate of Major League Baseball games. Welcome to 670 The Score. Welcome to one of the longest-running baseball shows in Chicago. Hit and run. I'm Cody Decker, guest hosting for Matt Spiegel today. And with me, making me sound way better than I probably deserve, my man Sean Sears. Sean, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm excited to host Hit and Run with you, dude. Or I guess I'm producing, you're hosting. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's how this would be. I guess working. that's how yeah, work, right? Three full hours of me and you talking baseball. Hyper focused here, of course, on Chicago. But I gotta just point out, how much do we really want to talk about Chicago baseball at the moment? Because South Side disaster, North Side disaster. South Side, I'd argue, is a bigger disaster than the North Side for obvious reasons. We will talk about that as the show goes on. Of course, we have amazing guests today. I'm really excited to have them. My co-host on Big Time Base. 
Baseball and Odyssey Sports. The legendary John Heyman will be joining me in Hour 2. Hour 3, Chicago's own Russell Dorsey joining me. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, his new show, The Rally on Bally Sports. Not to mention, talk a little Cubs and White Sox and everything else throughout Major League Baseball. And of course, in the first hour, in the next segment, in fact, we got White Sox picker, pitcher Lucas Giolito joining us. I'm looking very forward to talking with Lucas. I've known Lucas a long, long, long time. Um, you know, he had a good outing yesterday for himself. You know, he got into the fifth, and he's been having some trouble in the fifth innings. I'm going to talk to him about that. I'm going to talk to him about his mechanical adjustments. I'm going to talk to him about what a team needs to do when they get in these situations. Because, hey, being a former professional baseball player myself, I have been in plenty of situations where a team with high expectations, not living up to expectations. But here's the th good news about the White Sox. And this is something I think we all need to pay attention to. And Sean, this is something I'm sure you've heard in Chicago ad nauseum. And I'm, I'm pretty sure when you hear these things, it probably drives you guys nuts, especially if you're a White Sox fan and you see the team not playing well. I get why this will drive you nuts, but you, you just got to focus on it and stay hyper-focused on it. The White Sox have the easiest schedule in baseball the second half of the season. They really do. Their front, their front half of the year is loaded with superstar teams let's be real clear for the last couple of weeks it was like okay you know now the White Sox can breathe because now they're not playing at home anymore against the Twins now they're going to play an easier series in the Bronx against the Yankees who haven't lost in two years okay they don't get to breathe this series okay don't worry they're gonna go back home home series it's fine they just have the Los Angeles Dodgers coming in oh my god it's like one after another after another. But finally, we're going to get some series against the Royals. Get some series against the Tigers. Finally, get some series against maybe the Orioles. We can fit them in. Uh, finally, we can get some favorable series towards the White Sox. But that's not an excuse for what's been taking place, obviously. This team should be winning. This team should be dominating, in my opinion. It's an all-star team. It really is. But I'm looking forward to having Lucas on. I'm looking forward to having John Heyman on. And, of course, Russell Dorsey as well. Lots to talk about today. Hey, Cubs also played yesterday. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Cubbies. Sean, you're a Cubs fan. You're a diehard Cubs fan. How you feeling? Oh, man. I uh, I had a feeling Matt Schwarmer was going to stop looking like, you know, maybe a, a piece and, and maybe look like a guy that probably only throws two pitches against the Yankees. And he did that. Gave up six home runs. So Yeah, yeah. You know what the worst part was? Uh, it, it's not that he was pitching, like, terrible. And, by the way, every home run he gave up, what each one was like a solo shot. This is <laughs> just a solo. This Yankee, yeah, this Yankee team is just so scary yeah it's funny about this yankee team because the yankee team that that's currently being run out there it's like the same team it's been out there for three years and we've expected this team to do this for like three to four years and then since they never did turn out to be this juggernaut team in the past years we're all act, all acting surprised three years ago we were terrified of this team we were calling the yankees like oh my god it's the yankees from the 90s again remember when they traded for stanton everyone was up in arms like oh Yankees buying championships again. Yeah, like and then it's all a bad of a, thing. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, Stanton keeps getting hurt, and now everyone's like, well, see, the Yankees can't get anything together. They're the worst. Can't you believe they spent all this money? I, it's just like there is no winning when you spend money as a team. Can you imagine? I, I'm just, just being devil's advocate here because you're a Cubs fan. You're a diehard Cubs fan. We know the Cubs have money. The Cubs have always had money. Hell, their intellectual property is probably the third highest grossing intellectual property in Major League Baseball. Probably just behind the Dodgers and the Yankees. And it's probably very, very close. 
Like oh, very close. For sure. I mean, the Cubs literally just started breaking ground. I mean, not breaking ground, but started putting up the beams for their new sports booking complex that's going to be attached to Wrigley Field this weekend. Let's, yeah, let's be real clear. Cubs, tons of tons of money. Yeah. Biblical losses, now, th- but lots of money. Yes. Now, think about this. If the Cubs spent Yankees money, say say they spent Yankees money a couple years ago. Say the Cubs and the Yankees right now are the exact same team. And three years ago, you got your hands on Stanton, and Stanton kept getting hurt. Tell me right now, every single phone caller into 670, the score wouldn't be yelling, ah, yeah, we got we got Stanton, but man, we're paying all this money to do nothing. Man, I, don't, I can't get, this team can't get him out its own way. This is what it is on WFAN every single morning about the Yankees, and I can't stress enough, the Yankees have, what, 100 wins already this year? <laughs> Something like that, right? Roundup, I guess. I, I don't know. It's like the Yankee fans have a special arrogance to them, and I, I appreciate this arrogance. This is not a knock on Yankee fans. This is honest to God, like a true and utter, like I believe that this is a good thing. Their amount of delusion is so high that every Yankee fan thinks they are on the Yankees and that they deserve the rings that the Yankees win. And I love that about them because it's just so off the charts delusional that I I don't know what to do with myself. I'm almost... I'm almost thrilled the Cubs are not similar to the White Sox. Not the White Sox, I'm sorry. It's almost thrilled they're not similar to the Yankees because I I don't think I can handle Cubs fans being that arrogant. I love Cubs fans being the way they are. Cubs fans are probably the best fans in baseball, in my opinion. As someone that's played throughout the country, that's seen – I will tell you this. The two best fan bases in baseball, and this is – you guys are going to love me for maybe 10 seconds because you're going to hate me right after I say Cubs. Because Cubs are on the top two list. You're going to hate this. You know what the other team is. The Cardinals. They, they, they love their team I knew you were so going to say that. It's, I know we don't want to hear it, but I, I played in a double-A game in Springfield in 2010. Okay. Okay? This place was a – this is the first time I played at a double-A field that had two stories for uh, for fans. You know, like a, a wow, full yeah. second deck. The second deck. And this that place, doesn't happen. Yeah, and this place was packed. And it was packed because they had a rehabbing player from the big league team. Now, here's the thing. The rehabbing player from the big league team was no one of note. It, it wasn't Albert in town. It wasn't, Matt, it wasn't Adam Wainwright coming in. Molina wasn't rehabbing an ankle thing. It was maybe a, a sixth outfielder that was on the team. Some three Skip Schumacher stuff. Not even Skip. Oh, my God. If it, Skip Schumacher would have been a Hall of Famer roaming the streets of Springfield. <laughs> this was like F.P. Santangelo level of ball player. And th- that's not that uh, F.P. Santangelo wasn't a great ball right. player. He was. Right. It's just who's sitting around going like, did you hear F.P. Santangelo's in town? No. No one said that. He's coming, that. guys. Let's get your tickets now. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever been like, oh, my God, F.P. Santangelo. We got to get the Springfield guys. This guy came to the plate and it was a standing ovation. He had to step out of the box and tip his cap. Get out of here. What? The guy had maybe an at bat in a World Series three years ago. And I'm sitting here going like, these fans are crazy. Like, I don't even know the guy. Yeah. So you gotta. So I know we don't like the card. Trust me, I can't stand the Cardinals. I every time it's October and I see the Cardinals in October, a part of me dies. I don't know why that is. I've never understood why I've had this guttural reaction to the Cardinals my whole life. 
but my God, yeah. I, how are they giving FP? Again, it wasn't FP Santangelo, but I, he's a perfect the placeholder for that guy. It's yeah. the per. If you know how everyone talks about war, the, you know wins above replacement, but who's the replacement p- player? This is in this scenario, in this perfect analogy, FP Santangelo is my <laughs> replacement player. That's amazing. I uh, I was actually at uh, Caleb Killian's debut last week, and uh, I was there. Speaks was there as well too. We were taking in the game, and I got tickets sitting next to a Cardinals fan who nice guy, but I happened to make the mistake. Uh, I acknowledge that like there's a Blake Norman or someone the Gorman, Blake Gorman, something like that. Um, one and hit a double, scored three runs off of Caleb Killian, and I was saying like, yeah, that guy's good. And I then proceeded to be told by this Cardinals fan how great Norman is and how he plays every position and how you know the Cardinals come up with these guys every year. And it's like, yes, I'm aware. I watch the Cubs and I see them kick my team's butt all yeah. the time. Yeah, we get it. We don't like you. Yeah, I don't enjoy <laughs> these players. Tommy Edmond, bane of my existence. Come on. Oh my God. Even like someone like Bader. Like God, stop, uh, stop doing things right. I can't. St- God, stop it. Diving to make catches, beating out infield hits. It's just like this guy, this team. Oh, yeah. These guys are the. They annoy me. I honestly can't decide who annoys me more, the Brewers or the Cardinals. Here's the difference. I never have I never got fired by the Cardinals. So the Brewers are higher on my mm. list of on on the teams I do not like. But that's yeah. fair. But man, it, it, I want the Cubs to win so bad. It's just it this team, it's not even that they're not winning. Um I just feel like they're it's not a it's not it's not competition. I don't feel like they're competing. No, I, I and that's the problem. That's yeah. that's why I'm mad. And they, they, um, they've done this. And we, we don't really know exactly. This is a rebuild, retool. The build mm-hmm. is what we've heard it called. You know, it's tough to figure out. And then like you like DFA a guy like Clint Frazier, who's like probably not going to impact this roster much this year or in the future. But, you know, why sign a guy if you're not going to play him over Jason Hayward? You know? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed in that. Uh, it, well, you know what? Not disappointed because I don't think – I didn't sit here and think that Clint Frazier was going to be the future of the franchise. You know, he's another nah. ball player. It's just we know we know Hayward isn't. Right, so exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. I keep forgetting Hayward's still on the team, and I don't want to – I'm definitely not bashing on Hayward. Hayward's done great things in his career, it's but great. it's just more like been, – Been totally super valuable to the team, but obviously, you know, it's time to yeah, move on. Well, I mean – how valuable because I have heard more stories about this speech during a rain delay than I'll ever know what to do with. And I'm not even currently in Chicago. Like I'm like walking down the street. Hey, did you hear that time? Hey, uh, Hayward did this. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I, I I'm, it's cool. And I, and I think Jason Hayward's a talent, but that was 2016. Right. I was playing for the Royals in 2016. Oh man. That's crazy. Since two, <laughs> yeah. Since 2016, and playing for the Royals, I have played for not only seven other organizations, I have been retired for nearly four years. Like, I can't stress enough, Jason Hayward's been on the North side forever. I, I, I have a feeling at some point, remember that commercial when they pulled Andre Dawson out of the Ivy? That's going to be Jason Hayward one day. <laughs> yeah, that's, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. He's going to be on this team in 2033. Guys, we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, White Sox pitcher Lucas Giolito. We're going to chat with him right here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Hit and Run, Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago's sports station. 
three, another slider, and the fifth strikeout for Giolito. Well, odds were overwhelming. You're not going to be able to double up White, so the next best thing is to strike him out, leaving only one out left to get. Good over-the-top breaking ball, and that one had a great deal of depth to it. It is the slider, and the newest innovation of these sliders, they're trying to get more depth. They look like fast curveballs. They're actually sliders. Pitchers can control them better than they can the big curveball, and that's why Lucas leans on that one. I mean, I give him credit. He, you know, he had a very stressful first and second inning, and a, st a stressful fifth, so that's all he had for us. He left with the lead, and, uh, you know, Guys, if everybody was trying, all the hitters are trying, we got beat. Welcome back to Hit and Run here on 670 The Score. Cody Decker in for Matt Spiegel here for three hours of baseball talk here on 670 The Score. And, of course, we got so much more to talk about. We're going to be talking about the White Sox, talking about the Cubs. Of course, this is also one of the longest-running baseball shows in Chicago. Thank you so much for joining me. And, guys, already teased it at the beginning of the show and teased it right before the break. Joining me right now, we just heard about his outing yesterday, Tony LaRusso's words about his outing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Lucas Giolito, starting pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. How you doing, Lucas? What's up, Cody? Oh, man, I'm living the dream, man. I'm here on 670 The Score talking to my old friend from Santa Monica, California. Yes, sir. Raised. Oh, man. Well, Lucas, you had yourself an outing yesterday. First four innings kind of went well. You met, you heard that uh, quote from uh, your manager yesterday. First two innings got in a little bit of trouble but got out of it. Well, first things first, how's your body feeling? You know, you had an IL stint earlier this year. How has everything been feeling uh, going forward out of that IL stint? Um, my body feels fine. Um you know, just grinding along, just like any other player. <laughs> you know how it is. Oh, very, very well. And, and, you know, how it goes in those things, you know, those first four innings, you know, mowing down guys, getting out of those first two tough innings. But then you came into the fifth. Uh, how, how is your body feeling, or not even necessarily body feeling? What do you, what's going on, do you think, in the fifth inning mechanically? Or what do you think is taking place that's just – it's almost not necessarily like you're hitting a wall or anything, but – Something seems to be changing a little bit when you get to a certain pitch count as of late. It's not a it's not a normal thing for you. What are you feeling? Um Yeah, I'm I'm like not exactly in the best place right now. Uh I've kinda out of sync um mechanically over the last like three or four starts to be honest. Um so, you know, there's some work to be done here, adjustments to be made. Um really haven't been pitching well like I'm not I'm not proud of what I've been doing the last uh, couple weeks here so uh got to pick it up well if there's one guy that could do it Lucas I mean I've known you since you were a kid knowing full well and I love the fact that you take responsibility for it but I think you've been pitching a lot better than you give yourself credit for that's for sure uh but in that situation you got Ethan Katz your pitching coach pitching coach you've had for a long long time you got a, you know, two good catchers over there on the south side. When you're doing this, what do you get with Ethan? Uh, is it more mechanical? Is it more physical rather than any type of mental conditioning? Or is it getting with your catchers and getting on the same page with them as well? Um, it's it's a lot, it's kind of all of the above. Um, with Ethan, um, <clears throat> he has a good eye for the mechanical stuff. Um, I'm definitely not like getting behind my fastball the way I should. Uh, so it makes it a little bit harder to command, and it's not, like, zipping out as well as it should be. Uh, so we'll probably have some drills and things for that. Um, and then and then kind of on, like, the pitching side, getting with Ethan, getting with the catchers, figuring out, like, okay, 
Uh, am I getting into any certain patterns? I've definitely been using the slider a lot more. Um, so, you know, do we kind of stay on that? Do we, you know, start to change up sequencing, um, locations, uh, you know, all of it. And you mentioned all of the above, and I, I love that you mentioned that because fans don't really – fans like to point out, like, oh, he's doing this, he's doing this. It's, in any type of respect in the game, you know, it's very easy to take it down to one thing. But you mentioned all of the above. When you're facing a team like, you know, facing a team like yesterday, how much of it is just the scouting report? How much of it is more uh, executing your plan and what you want to accomplish – um, would you give it like a percentage of 50-50 or is it more staying within your game like 70% and 30% of what they're bringing to the table? Um, I think it varies based on kind of like you go through the, the lineup for the first time, you kind of get a read for what the other team's approach is, um, and then you can adjust from there. But generally, uh, the way that I approach pitching and, and kind of my stuff and how I like to go about it is, probably like a like an 80 20 um i know i'm going to do well if i execute uh my pitches to the locations i, I want to get them to um those locations may vary hitter to hitter obviously um i'm not just like cookie cutter trying to do the same thing to everybody but uh in general for me you know it's it's the high fastball the low change up down away slider uh you know, it's not it's not too um, complicated. Uh, it's just a matter of getting it done, and you know that's what I gotta do a better job of. You know, you mentioned getting behind your fastball a little bit, and I, I'm glad you actually mentioned that because we've, being someone that is not only talking about the game and you know, borderline fr I wouldn't say freshly out of the game. I retired what three and a half years ago, but you know, when I was leaving the game. Velocity, velocity, velocity. Everything was velocity. And you talk about getting behind your fastball more, but you've been pitching off of your slider a tad more. Is a game shift kind of starting to take place, maybe away from velocity? You know how, you know how baseball goes in trends. It could be velocity, then it's more off-speed and spin rate, more location-based. Do you see baseball getting away from that velocity-based trend for pitchers, or is that going to be something you think that's just going to be a benchmark no matter what going forward? No, I think that's going to be the number one benchmark no matter what. Uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, when you throw harder, you know, you can look at all the data in the world. Harder throwers can get away with a little bit more. Um, so anytime, a, you know, amateur like a, a kid throwing upper 90s in high school or college, like he's going to get an opportunity. And teams are always going to push uh, for the guys that are throwing really, really hard uh, to develop and, and get to the big leagues. Um, you know, you look at any big bullpen in the big leagues, like most of those guys are blowing 95 plus. Um, and so there's other things to it that uh, are a little bit more like low key. Um, you know, I'm talking sink, ride. Uh, cut, run, uh, all that kind of stuff can play a huge factor as well. I mean, you can see a guy throwing low 90s and getting a bunch of swings and misses because their fastball rides. Um, but generally, I think velocity is always going to be that, that big benchmark. And then 
you know, having like a good wipeout breaking ball off of that is kind of number two or change up. And, well, you do have both of those, your changeup. I remember I was talking to a member of a front office, and he was calling me, and uh, it must have been three years ago, and he immediately called me during spring training saying, hey, have you talked to Lucas? I said, uh, yeah, uh, about a week ago. And he's like, what did he do with his changeup? I said, what do you mean? He's like, dude, his changeup, it might be the best in the game. And I'm laughing, and he started sending me video. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, he did something with his changeup. It's quite, it's quite staggering. And uh, everyone was blown away by it, and then you started having the success you had. And I'm glad you mentioned that with speed because, you know, as someone that also works with a lot of youth guys, it's hard to explain to people that, hey, yeah, you need to throw harder, but it's not <clears> – <throat> It's not just that you need to throw harder. I mean, there's just so much more to it. But like you said, that initial benchmark of velocity is just something hard to get away from. You get away with so much more with just velocity. 100 miles per hour, no matter where it's going and you know where it's going, is hard to hit. Yeah, I mean, the hardest I've ever faced was like, I think last year I saw some 95s when I was in the box before, you know, we weren't allowed to hit anymore. And... I mean, I couldn't even see the damn thing. Like, I don't, I don't even know how any, I don't know. Like, I don't know how anyone hits uh, 95 plus. It's hard. Uh, have, how about yeah. this? Sh Sean is currently producing this right now. I have faced Lucas Giolito before a couple of times. Uh, Lucas was with the Nationals at the time. We, I, oh my God, where was this? Oh, I know exactly where this was that I faked, faced you, Lucas. It was in Portland, Maine. I had yes. just signed with the Red Sox. I had to go slum it down in double A, and I remember facing you going like, oh, my God, I swear to God, if Lucas Giolito, who I used to give hitting lessons to as a, when he was a kid, strikes me out today, I have to retire. I, like, I have to quit. <laughs> and I don't think you caved me. I think you got me to ground out, and I think I worked a walk, but, man, you're not lying, man. Facing Lucas Giolito is not my favorite thing in the world, and... There was that added pressure that I swear to God, if he K's me, I, I, I have to shut it down no matter what. Um, you mentioned, hey, listen, it, it's obvious. I, the team's going through, a, going through a bit of a skid right now. You're one of those leaders. You're one of those vocal clubhouse leaders. You're one of those leaders out in the public, and I always commend you for it. And, you know, even talking about where you are as a player at the moment, you don't feel like you're living up to your own expectations. Um, this team. You know, it's an all-star team. It's an unbelievably good team, but they're going through a little bit of a problem. How do you guys stay with each other, ignore a lot of the distractions of, say, people like me that are saying the negative negative things that can obviously leak into a clubhouse? How do you guys, you know, weather that storm, move forward, and get to the next game day after day? Uh, honestly, it's just kind of putting the blinders on and separating, um, you know, for me, like at the end of the day, we're we're going through we're going through a tough time. But you know, baseball is not everything. Um, you know, I, I think a huge thing is being able to kind of, all right, had a rough day, go home, you know, call my wife, uh, you know, kind of get away from it, reset, come back the next day. Uh, I think there's a lot of that that is very necessary because if you just think about it all the time and, and stress over, uh, you know, struggles, whether it be individual or team struggles, uh, you're just going to like work yourself into the ground and, uh, not necessarily in a good way, it, you know, overanalyzing, overthinking, um, panicking, uh, 
those kind of things that you need to avoid when you're not playing your best. So uh, it's just being able to separate. And then, you know, when we're, then when we come to the field, it's like a fresh day every day and, and the goal is to win that day. And so that's all we can really control. Um, I know that, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not going through the best stretch right now. Um, a couple other guys on the team, not going through the best stretch right now. Uh, but there's a lot of season left and we just got to take it one day at a time here. Um, kind of put the blinders on and ignore the rest. Lucas, I love it. I absolutely love it. And yeah, you, you got to do it. And like you said, it's hard to do putting those blinders on. It's 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 hard to ignore how I played on a team in 2015, the San Diego Padres, which was getting a lot of negative attention for the exact same exact same reasons. Only we were way, way worse off because, I mean, let's be real clear. We were 30 games back at the Los Angeles Dodgers at the time, obviously. So uh, I, I love that. I love that you guys are going to stay together. I think you guys have a very favorable schedule going forward. I believe in this White Sox team, and I cannot wait to see what you guys bring to the table going forward. Before we get you ready, Lucas, real quick, your brother graduating uh, from his acting school in Wales. Does he have too much height to make it in the film industry, and does he need to stay on the stage? Lucas, what say you? <laughs> um, well, he's he's grinding right now. Yep. <laughs> I think I think that. I think that, uh, well, you know, just like any other, any young actor, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a test, it's a grind. Um, but I think it's necessary. You kind of, you know, puts hair on your chest. Um, but no, he's, he's very, very talented. You know that. Um, Absolutely. I've seen him and, in multiple plays. He's exceedingly talented. Yeah. And, and obviously uh, he's comfortable on stage and, I think that's something that he could do, but I know that his uh, like his dreams and aspirations are uh, t uh, TV and especially film. Um, you know, the, I, I'd say the one the one knock against him is his height. He's almost my height, uh, and you don't see too many tall actors. But at the same time, there's been some very successful tall actors. So yeah, we'll see. He's just gotta. He's just gotta keep chugging along. I mean, he's had some cool opportunities so far, uh, audition wise and, um, you know, meeting a lot of people. So much of it is, uh, networking and, you know, just kind of getting to know a lot of people, putting your name out there. He's just getting started. I got to tell you, Lucas Giolito, in case you don't guys don't know this, if you've never been around Lucas in person, he is TV does not do it justice. He's one of the tallest human beings. He's got a wingspan of like 19 people, and his brother's exactly the same way. My way, my reasoning for bringing that up is the second coming of Vince Vaughn is Lucas Giolito's brother. He's going to be all over Hollywood. <laughs> Enjoy that, ladies. But Lucas, dude, thank you so much for joining me on 670 The Score. Thank you for talking. Dude, on a personal note, you're my favorite baseball player. You've been my favorite baseball player since you were 10, and you will continue to be my favorite baseball player. Uh, I look forward to the rest of the season, Lucas, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much, Cody. All love, man. You're the man, brother. All right, guys, that was the, the one and only Lucas Giolito starting pitcher, ace of the Chicago White Sox. And I mean this from the very bottom of my heart, one of the most genuinely great people in the game. Um, thoughtful, caring, um, truly cares about his teammates, truly cares about this team, truly cares about this city and community. And like you said, uh, like like I've, I've already brought up, a guy who is not skirting any type of blame. You can hear it in his voice. He, 
he wears a lot of this on his – he puts a lot of it on his own shoulders. And it's not on his shoulders. He's just a phenomenal player and a phenomenal teammate and a phenomenal guy. And that's something I do want to focus on going forward. I know we talk about when things are negative in baseball and teams that with first things first, these are people. We're all people. I know they're athletes. I know we want them to be like video games, but they're not. They have the same struggles we have. They have the same marital struggles you have. They have the same problems with their kids getting sent to Sunday school that you have. This is yeah, do they get paid a lot more? Do they get a lot more scrutiny because they're, you know, they got to listen to morons like me on the radio talk about them being bad? Yeah. But they are people first, and that is something that I do think we forget about baseball players. And forget about athletes in general. Guys, we're going to take a quick little break. Sean, do we need to take a quick little break? Yes, well, sir. We're gonna Let's take, start the break. We're, we're going to take a quick little break, and when we come back, don't worry. We're going to be plenty negative. We're going to be plenty negative here on this show on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. But I did think we needed to have a little bit of positivity right there. Guys, we'll be right back here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Hit and Run, Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago's sports station. Then the Rangers added one in the sixth, two in the seventh, and now two here in the tenth. And they have a lead late. It's getting ugly. It's getting ugly out there. When you hear fire Tony chants at a stadium, it is getting ugly. Welcome to 670 The Score. You're listening to Hit and Run. Cody Decker sitting in for Matt Spiegel today. We are still in hour one of our three hours. We just finished interviewing Lucas Giolito of the Chicago White Sox. Uh, talked about the team's struggles. Talked about his struggles. And, of course, what he's looking to do going forward. This is a team, by the way, uh, that does have a very favorable schedule going forward. And, I, again, I, I, I even hear me saying it. And I know you're sitting there driving your car or you're, you're you know, getting out of bed listening to me, hearing me say these words, going like, oh, my God, I'm so tired of hearing that they have a favorable schedule in the second half, second half, second half. I get it. I It even sounds like an excuse when I say it. I hear me saying it going like, dude, really? How, how many times are you going to say that until you believe it? I do believe it, but come on. This team does need to get it together. And, yeah, the fire Tony chance. And I get it. I totally get it. Hell, I was on this sh- I was on this station, what, four days ago talking about it. Do I think something needs to change? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that something hasn't changed, I do think, is also a little concerning as well. Now, when everyone's sitting here chanting fire Tony and saying, well, obviously, if they fire Tony LaRusso, that's going to change everything. That's not necessarily true. Look at the Angels. If that's true, the Angels would be the best team in the AL West at the moment. They've only won two games. Now, they're, what, two and three since they made their managerial switch. Two and six, actually. And I love who they have as their manager now. I do. Known them for a long time. Played against them. I may have have had a cocktail or two with Phil Nevin. Lovely, lovely, lovely gentleman. A well-respected guy. A guy that's been in the finalist spot, kind of, for like, Three different manager jobs. I like them. I dig them. Angels aren't going to win, though. 
He's not going to be heralded as some genius that turned the team around. Now, if the team does turn around, he's absolutely going to be heralded as some genius that turned the Angels around. But come on. The Angels aren't going to be turned around that much. I know they got Trout, Otani, and Rendon, but Otani can only throw once a week, people. So my, why am I talking about the Angels at nauseum at the moment? Well, because they fired their manager, one of the two teams. Former manager in Chicago, of course, Joe Madden, no longer with a job. Same thing. You can make a bigger argument, obviously, in Philly. I mean, team's, what, 9-0 and since firing Joe Girardi? I'm not saying that's the cure-all. Okay? I just can't stress that enough. It's not the cure-all firing a manager. It just isn't. Do I think something needs to change? Yes. Do I think t- firing Tony LaRusa is that something? I don't know if it's the something, but it sure as hell is a something. But you heard you heard Parkins the other day talk about it, and he was furious talking about it. I watched the clip. I heard every word out of Parkins' mouth on his show the other day, and I agree with every word out of his mouth. I get you guys are frustrated as fans. I'm frustrated. You kidding me? You have it. You think you're frustrated? I have like 19 gambling shows, and I told everybody the White Sox are winning the AL pennant. You think you're frustrated? Uh, I mean, is that really a question? Because it was one and two. I'm a I'm a borderline genius sitting here, and they're making me look stupid. You you're frustrated? Oh, and by the way, yes, it was stupid to intentionally walk in. I I, I in case anyone was wondering. It was stupid. It was very, very stupid. It was not a good move. And it's not even that he made the move. Uh, Again, the move was perplexing. It was not a good move. Uh, We've talked about it a ton here on 670 The Score. I've talked about it a ton everywhere I could possibly go. It was more just the post-game interview that made me extra mad. I would have liked it if he just said, yeah, made a decision, backfired. It's baseball. Because that actually is the correct answer. (laughs) That is 100% the correct answer. I wish he said that. But he didn't, and now we're getting fired Tony Chance over on the south side. Uh, Sean just informed me we do have Kevin from Palestine. He disagrees. White Sox are an all-star team. Really? Well, based on numbers, I don't know how you disagree. And based on the players, I don't know how you disagree. But go ahead. Give me your thoughts. I'd love to hear it, Kevin. Okay. Let's see. The the below-average war third baseman. Mm -hmm. The below-average war left fielder the worst second base platoon in baseball, the horrific hitting and defensive catchers. People love Reese McGuire. He's, he's okay. And then everyone's waiting for Eloy, the negative two war player so far this year to come back. So this year, I'll give you the guy who's played 10 games. Oh, well, he sucked last year too. So oh, that's but... fine. You, you, Oh, come no, on. Bring, bring, <laughs> bring, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> great fake laugh. Bring up his numbers from last year. You think okay, you picked him to I'm win the pennant. I'm glad you're getting you're, you're curious the... about this, but are you serious? You're literally basing Eloy's numbers on the 10 games he's played and he hasn't been healthy? And you're saying, oh, well, Eloy, negative two last year. Great, last year. I'm sorry you don't like the platoon at second base and a below-average war at third base. Look throughout the league. Where are you finding above-average war? San Diego, St. Louis. That's about it. What superstars oh, no. are throughout the league right now that you're talking about? All, all over the place. All I'm saying is you're saying they're they're I you're saying they're an all-star Name team. anywhere else. The Yankees? Okay. The Red Sox? The Astros? What? The, what? The, the Yankees? The, the 
Red Sox have had one of the worst starts in baseball. They've only turned it on lately. Actually, everyone was clamoring for them to fire everyone literally two weeks ago. And you're bringing up the Red Sox? The bad White Sox players any better. Dude, you're Nick Swisher's starter, Kate. You're brosif. You sound like a moron. And the Sox... Get off the air, you clown. I actually did this for a living. You're a guy who watches it. You play slow pitch softball. You're a softball guy. You are a zero. I can't Remain a zero. Oh my God, the guy at third base isn't good at third base. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a moron. You shouldn't watch baseball or sports. You should get back to your good hobbies. You know, coloring. Moron. Worst platoon in second bit. God, why are you? Why, seriously, Sean, is everyone this dumb? Or is it just an occasional callers? I think it's just some upset White Sox fans. They just don't I'm okay give... with you being upset. I'm upset. But you're going to literally sit here. Oh, Eloy's terrible. You think Eloy's bad? You're stupid. Nothing else I can say. You're dumb. Yeah, he also, he, it's it's a negative point two war. It's not a negative two war. Negative point two. And like you said. Oh. You know, uh, oh, but but I'm stupid. I, I I don't know the difference between a decibel point and not. Right. But I'm stupid. Yeah. And we're talking about okay. 11 games. The guy's been hurt. I mean, when he has been healthy, I mean, obviously we know 2019 was incredible. He was still okay in 2020 dealing with injuries. You know, last year, whatever, you know, the 55 games these last two seasons. Let's let the guy get healthy. Maybe he might hit some balls. He seems to do that quite a bit. I just can't stand the fact that anyone is this stupid. By the way, confusing a negative two war to a negative point two war is the equivalent of saying, yeah, I'm um, I'm traveling to uh, Egypt. Oh, wait, I am the smartest you? man alive. Oh, that's awesome. Where are you staying in Egypt? Philadelphia. It's not the same thing. It's amazing that you can literally come on the air, call someone stupid and literally bring up math and just show your own ass. Well done. Guys, we're going to take a quick little break. We're going to come right back over here. We still got John Heyman and Russell Dorsey and two more hours of baseball talking. Hopefully smarter callers, ladies and gentlemen, right here on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.